Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, welcome. <coughs> Boy, I got to... Uh, that sounds really crony. <laughs> That's the opening. We've done it. Keep rolling. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Just stop laughing. We got to go. Three, two. Uh- <laughs> I'm guessing Bob and Eddie are now fine. They are doing this remotely right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No kidding. All right. Uh, let's try it again. See if my voice can hold up. than ever it's the unofficial 40 from soonerscoop.com now here's the entire sooner scoop crew carrie josh eddie and bob all right welcome back it is the unofficial 40 podcast from soonerscoop.com brought to you by midfirstbank.com go check them out midfirst.com slash u40 well we welcome in the entire crew uh, as uh, we are practicing social distancing here at Soonerscoop.com. Uh, Josh is always socially practicing social distancing from us, uh, but Eddie and Bob are uh, now hunkered down where they're in shelter at place. Uh, I think Bob is always sheltered in place because of the kid. Right, Bob? I mean, do you really the, ever the go anywhere last, besides to cover last OU sports? Two, last two weeks, I haven't gone anywhere except maybe a drive-through. That's I've I've definitely been social distancing like crazy during these last couple of weeks. Uh, Eddie uh, probably doing his best to spread the coronavirus to as many people as possible. He's I don't a- have it. It's not like the AIDS. I don't have the coronavirus. <laughs> so you this do is, have this the is AIDS. Different though, guys. I don't think that have we ever had a podcast where we're all four in different spots. No, it's a first. No, no, it is a- strange. This this whole thing's been strange. Even uh, going in and doing radio in the morning, just like the commute in, there are no cars. I mean, there are cars, but it's it's very strange. Is it like a? a I know you're not a tv watcher but is there like a zombie apocalypse feel when you get out of your house in the morning i mean it is like real early when i'm going in because there literally is nobody out even the people that you usually see uh like i'd stop at a gas station going in every morning and get a coffee and uh the people that i normally have run into i have not seen so i don't know if they have the rona or if uh they're just practicing uh social distancing as well but as soon as i get done i go straight home and I have basically, I believe it or not, I've I've started cooking. Whoa! I have, uh, you I, you're I, a baker now. That's what you are. I I'm a chef, is what I am, Bob. I tickled my culinary. Fancy now, do you have books like, like celebrity chef books that you've got recipes from, or Betty Crocker, no, we're, uh, we're Julia Child? Feel, making uh, you know chicken breast. Uh, I made a breakfast sandwich before we started this morning. Uh, really kind of figuring out the egg situation. So I'm I'm real good. 
I, I wish we were all on video conferencing right now so that Eddie could have seen, I'm guaranteeing all three of our faces. Like mine was like, I, I definitely had a holy shit on my face when Eddie said he started cooking. You had shit on your face? Yes. <laughs> you eat yes. shit for breakfast? It, it, it would have been. I, honestly, I, this is probably the first time, and I swear to God, I bet 10 years that I've eaten three nights in a row at home. Yeah, you are a social butterfly. Is I know. it is it been difficult, you know, not going to the bar? Uh, I mean, no, not really. I You have not, I you, you don't I, have a problem drinking alone though, is evidenced by the fact that every time we go on the road, you have to find a convenience store to sneak to to go get a six-pack. Well, that's like on a Friday and Saturday. I don't drink during the week because I got to get up so early. So, uh it's been weird. I mean, it definitely was weird last week. I did go over to a buddy's house and watched uh, uh, Tiger King. Uh, so I guess I wasn't technically practicing social distancing, but it, if you're uh, six six it feet away, you're fine. Yeah, I mean, we, we weren't. Were, holding were hands. you like middle school boyfriend and girlfriend, like at the opposite ends of the couch, like mom and dad are watching? So we got to be kind of far apart. Yeah, it's not insane. Insane. I get to second base. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, good. See, I said second base. Andy, Eddie took it further than I was going to, even before I could get mine out. <laughs> what? Hey, what's I, it? I, we know what it's like up here. What's it been like down in Houston, Josh? It's been pretty good, actually. Like, I mean, like Tiffany is. I mean, I, I'm kind of with Bob. Like, I don't go out much. I mean, I, I, I certainly won't say I never do. Like last night, I went and picked up some food for us. You know that kind of stuff. Um, but generally, I mean, most people are adhering. You know, Tiffany, like I said, drives to work each morning and says the commute's been pretty good. You know, most people are seem to be trying to get the idea now. Of course, you've got idiots, whether they're in Yukon or, you know, here in Houston, that are just going to not adhere to anything, and there's nothing you can do about that. But I do want to say something Eddie brought up, and it's an important point. Drinking alone is a problem. It's a sign of a problem. But in this time, we are going to suspend that judgment. Yes, yes, we are not <laughs> going to judge you for your problems. You do what you need to do Although on I, your own time. I had this discussion um, today. Like, I am not a day drinker. I never have been. Uh, I think Eddie has the most experience with that. I don't know about Josh. Might have some. I, Josh seems like a day drinker. I'm a good day drinker. Saturday occasion. Like, like you know drinking. I. Mean? I, I and it's, I think it's because of the jobs that we have. We just have to be ready. We're, we're trained yeah. to be ready for something oh, yeah. to happen at any point of the day. So it's like you, you don't want to get the call, emergency press conference, Bob Stoops is retiring, and you have to sober up. Like That that could have been a reality if I was a big day drinker. Because I drank like, three pots of coffee before I got here. So, like, and, and also I hate because if I – I go to bed like after I drink a few, like I just fall asleep. That's like my switch. And I've, it's been kind of a problem. I've, I've kind of stopped drinking for the most part. Uh, and then this thing happens, but like, it took me a while to kind of go to bed without a couple of drinks. Like it was just, I just got into that, that mode where that's kind of how I winded the night down. Uh, sometimes by my Twitter activity, I winded it down harder than others. Um, but, it was kind of like, you know, I and I tried, like, uh, melatonin, and that didn't do shit. Like, that didn't put me to sleep at all. But, like, day drinking to me, I get tired, I fall asleep, and the worst thing is waking up after you've been day drinking and it's still daylight. 
and that feeling that you have, it's just awful. I hate it. You're talking it's about like you're in Vegas, but you're not. <laughs> no, I'm not. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying passing that. it. Like, not talking about getting blacked out or anything. I'm just saying, it. When I start drinking, it only takes a few hours for me to fall asleep because that's just my. That's what I do. I think. I think we can all attest. That I'm not Terry a social. Fall in about any scenario. Yeah, I'm not a social. You know, <laughs> butterfly. I'm just not. I just. I, I'm not used to going out and you know drinking for long periods of time. And I mean, I can do it. I'll do it. If a buddy comes into town or something, and we go out, and I enjoy it. But that's not what I do all the time. You know, you can uh, you can get alcohol delivered to your house now. And I saw alcohol. that. Yes, I saw that. Like from bars and restaurants or liquor stores. Both. Hmm. Oh, able, Tiffany and I bought a gallon of margarita last night. A oh gallon. You have no idea how much margarita that is. That's. It's an impress. It was an impressive order. Like, like I made margarita it, I didn't mix, process. or it's all in one thing. No, like it's mixed. It's okay. made. Like because we ordered dinner from a Mexican restaurant last night, and if you go get it or they personally <laughs> deliver it, you can order liquor. And I was like, T- Tiffany needed a margarita. This this whole thing. She's she's under some strain. So oh, like, sure, I can only get the margarita. So let me ask you, like, okay, your wife. From what I know, your wife is involved mainly in like surgical situations am i wrong yes. about that Correct. so has she Correct. kind of pivoted to doing other things or because we haven't reached that curve point of the curve yet is she going to be you know like that that's a legit concern for me like not for me but for you guys like is sure. it is it going to become a thing where she starts spending more of her time helping you know with with patients that might you know be sick with the coronavirus there, I mean, there really hasn't been a strong element anywhere she's been that that's there so far. But I mean, like, it's it's interesting because you know, and I've told you guys, like, they, you know, obviously the CDC canceled all elective cases and that sort of thing. So they, there's a lot of that that, like, that's usually what she's right, doing, yeah. Or, you know, hip surgeries, things like that. You know, and you know, obviously some of it clown face some of it ladies. continues. Well, some of it continues with like you know people with like real back problems. You know, those yeah. aren't like elective things those are right. you know people can't walk you know that that kind of stuff so some of those yeah, people are still gonna tear you know an acl or something exactly working in the backyard exactly so there's still some of that but there's no question there is a kind of all hands on deck feel um to, for everybody i mean and they you know to her company's credit they're taking a lot of precautions you know they're having a lot of various you know conference calls you know setting up protocols that kind of stuff stuff that you know, I never would have thought of, and they're already, you know, like, okay, we're going to do this if it gets to this point. You know, like they, it's it's very forward-thinking, and I, I've been impressed. I hope all the healthcare systems are taking the same level of, you know, just communicating with their people. Like, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to lay this out. Like, just, you know, they have, I, you know, I don't want to get too much in the detail and put Tiffany in any kind of awkward situation, but, like, just – they are really doing what they can to limit the possibility of this carrying over to other patients or healthcare workers or anything like that. Yeah, it's a it's a scary deal, and you know, it, it, I I'll tell you, I didn't realize like you you see all this stuff on the news, and it's hard to realize like how real it is. But I guarantee you, you go to one of those drive through facilities where they shove the swab up your nose into your brain and stuff. And everybody's wearing protective gear. Like, I haven't done that, but I did have to go buy a mic cable yesterday. 
and it, you know, Amazon shipping has gotten so far out. There's no two day shipping anymore. So like, if I would have ordered it off of Amazon, which I w- I would have just normally gotten it in two day, but it was like it wouldn't have been till the end of the week till I could have gotten the cable I needed. So they had it at Guitar Center, uh, and I went there. This is before the shelter in place thing is in effect, which is in effect now. It wasn't yesterday. So I, w- I went in to get the cable. There was a guy, like a bouncer, standing outside the door, and he asked me if I knew what I needed. And I said, yes, I need a mic cable. It's quarter-inch in male XLR. And I said, and that's all I need. And he's like, okay, well, let me see uh, if there's a sales assistant available. And he, he popped his head in the door, and he popped back out. He's like, okay, there is someone that can help you. Because they were limiting the amount of people that could go in the store, too. You could only get, like, four or five people in the store at one time. And so I walk in the store, and he says, if you'll please step to your right and go to our hand-washing station. So, like, they, when you came in the store, they had you wash your hands first and foremost before you did anything. And then, so I did that, and I was like, wow, this is really serious. But I was also impressed you know, at how serious they were taking it. And then the guy got my cable. He brought it to the counter. I paid for it. I left. But it was like the first time it really hit me like, wow, this is a really serious deal. Like, I shouldn't, I should not have done this. Like, I shouldn't have, have come in, you know, for a, 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 just a mic cable because this is a really serious deal. Just walking, we're, we're just improving driving around downtown is insane right now. With It's literally a ghost town down here. Except for a, a handful of idiots, I'm sure. Because yeah, I mean, I mean, there's still places open, but I'm kind of interested to see what it's going to be like tomorrow when the, I guess, quote unquote, shelter in place or whatever starts in Oklahoma County. But see, it's a, is it really that different? I right? Mean, is it? I mean, is, I mean, other than if you're, you know, you want to go to the movie theaters or go bowling or, by the way, I, Kevin Stitt, how many massage parlors are you going to, dude? <laughs> He wants you to know for sure that those are closed. Of all the okay. things that you could have come up with as non-essential <laughs> examples, you came up with massage parlors and tattoo parlors. Have we checked Robert Kraft's plane <laughs> records? Like, he might be coming Holy to Oklahoma. Shit. I didn't realize this was this big of a thing. Like, dude, bowling alley, theater, electronic store. There's so many non-essential things that are the top of my mind before massage parlor. <laughs> the whorehouses will have to shut down. <laughs> And by the way, I'm a little confused on if s- salons are open, but barbershops are not. Is that? I don't understand that part. That I think they're all closed now. Uh, yeah, they're all closed. I don't know about you guys, but I am. I'm getting real close to being in need of of a cut. I I thought about doing it last week. I was like, no, no, I'll wait. We'll, we'll be cool. But I'm like, this. It's going to be a month before I can get my hair cut. Yeah, my next appointment was. I well just have to shave it. My next appointment was uh, April 9th, so I'm good. But Eddie never gets his hair cut, so he's fine. I'm Saturday, went Saturday afternoon. I was the only person there. It was beautiful. I'm, I'm set. I did Harry, hear... I'm throwing a mullet right now. <laughs> I heard about this. <laughs> You're going Joe Exotic on everybody? <laughs> no, I, I was started this before Tiger King. I'm not trying to look like Joe Exotic. I, I'm trying to back away from as far of that as possible. Did you see? Sun in, baby, and you'll be there, Eddie. I've said this before. Yeah, we have uh, different lifestyles, I would say. I need to get that out in the open first. I've said this oh. before. My uh, my day is a success 
as long as I don't get so bored that I go to Facebook. Uh, but now it's kind of become a game because I haven't seen anything that's pissed me off in the last couple of days, even though I know it's there. I know there's someone with a celebrity Trump, you know, uh, collusion conspiracy that's out there. It's just ridiculous. Oprah sex trading or whatever, um, sex trafficking. But I did see a fantastic thing, which was someone put celebrities' faces on Joe Exotic, which was great. It was like Barack I saw, Obama I saw the one with Bob. and Jennifer <laughs> Aniston and, and Donald Trump, and it was, it was glorious. I saw the one with Tiger and Bob Stoops' face on it. Oh, really? I didn't see those. Yeah. That's pretty good. No, but, you know, in... Here's the thing about it, and we can talk about all this that you know that's going on in the sports world. Uh, I, I don't think we'll see a spring game. I just, uh, but it's hard, it's hard to to make any guesses or predictions on this stuff because we don't know. First off, we don't even know where we are as a state because there aren't enough tests available, and until there's enough testing, I think to give us a real look at where we are as a country and as far as this pandemic is concerned. I just don't think we can we can even begin to look at okay we're a month out we're two months out we're three months out. Sure. Guys, I'm 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 officially I, I don't know about worried but I'm officially being put on my putting myself on notice to not overreact when something drastic happens with the football season. Is that too much? I'm trying not to think about it. I don't I'm, I'm, I don't want to go there. <laughs> I really do. I mean that's Eddie. That is catastrophic. I mean, not just for fans, but for us. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I it mean, just, you want to know it, when are we in trouble? We're in trouble when there's no football season this year. Sure. Not to have a... The, McQu not the McQuistons to have a, will be eating ramen and water for a while there. God, Carrie will be apartment living again. <laughs> well, it's funny that... And it seems like the football coaches have acknowledged that. I mean, I thought when Orgeron did it, was, it was kind of goofy. But now every coach is doing it because I, I think they're all starting to feel that same concern that if we don't put this out there, these, our fans might not really realize how close we are to this not even happening. I, I mean, look, it could definitely come up against it. I, I don't think there's any doubting that, like, I think I mean, if, they're, if they're canceling the Olympics and I, I completely understand that's a completely different and people have to uh, train amp. for that and stuff. And I mean, they can't even do that right now. I mean, but I mean, if you're if you're already canceling that, which was going to be pushing into August, I mean, you start running out of days once you get to that. And I, I could definitely envision a situation that maybe the season's pushed back and, you know, that mm -hmm. opens up a whole new uh Worms, really, as far as scheduling and everything that goes into it. So, it yeah, it would be different know. for the I, I NFL than college. Camera, I don't like. I said, I I don't want to get into trying to until we figure out where we are. I just, you know, I think, and it's. It, I hate to say this, but it really will be early July till we. I think we really know where we are on all that. Yeah, that's that's probably fair. It is kind of interesting that as you know, quote unquote, dead things are right now. Seems like recruiting is recruiting getting as hot will, as ever for OU. Recruiting will always be there. And apparently, I mean, 
if 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 kids kids need attention, let's face it, and uh, yeah. they get bored, they need attention. <laughs> uh, releasing, we're, we may see a release of a top fifty here in the next couple of days. Yeah, because it's going both both ways, and I'm sure Josh can talk more about this, but all the offers that OU is giving, but then all these lists that are coming out, too. It, it's the only constant right now, and you can tell that some of these kids are realizing, maybe I'm not going to visit all these schools that I wanted to, so yeah. I'll just put this list out now, and then OU's doing the same. Like, I want to see this kid in the spring. That's not going to happen. So I might as well just offer, or I just need to move. I just need to move on. Uh, I think that's absolutely what you're seeing happen here. I mean, there, it, you know, and guys, you also have to remember the coaches are usually spending this time juggling spring practices and meetings and all the other stuff that goes into the normal function of a football program and recruiting. Now. They can just spend all day, every day recruiting. <laughs> and then, I mean, I, I'm sure they're staying in contact with their players, you know, make sure you're, you're getting your workouts in, your runs in, you know, whatever it may be that they need to be focused on right now. But you have just unlimited time. You know, Calvin Thibodeau, I think, tweeted something about him being into, like, season two of some show. I mean, even the coaches are all a little stir-crazy, a little cabin, you know, cabin nuts. So, I mean, it is – there's time to do all this. And like you said, Bob, last week I thought about doing that, you know, the the kind of story I've been doing kind of off and on for the last few months where we just kind of go through all the new offers, kind of handicap OU's chances, what they are as players, you know, all the, all that stuff. Well, there was like four players. Like, well, that's kind of pointless. But since they've come back off their breaks, it's just, I mean, I, I'm going to have another 25 offer story to write by the time I get done with this thing. It They... They have been very busy, and it's interesting to me where you're seeing so much of this. I mean, there's a lot yes. of Florida, a lot of Georgia, a lot. North Carolina has become a very active area for Oklahoma all of a sudden, and I don't know what's caused that. I'm trying to think of who's on the staff. It'd be rough that would taking make people that. on river trips. I, I guess. I mean, he, they're running with the river rat. I, I don't know what's happened, but it is interesting because I bet, I, and I need to go through and make a count, but with you look at, you know, uh, Renaria Dillsworth, Javari Ritzy, um, and I, I'm going to blank on half a dozen others, but there are a bunch of guys in that state that they have offered over the last couple of months. And I, North Carolina is a, is a talented state. They're, they produce plenty of good players. But it's just interesting to me how much focus it seems to be getting from Oklahoma. And I think a lot of it is exactly what Bob said. We are going to have to throw our hat in the ring, and then we'll kind of walk it back if we need to. What is uh, a, lot, a lot for 2022 and 2023 as well. It's, it's been, you know, I think people want to see the 2021 names, but OU so far ahead of the curve because you have to be. And it's just. It's amazing that you see a 2023 offer now and you don't even blink because, you know, that's how the game is played. What are you guys seeing out of uh, Jamar Kane and, and DeMarco Murray westward, kind of westward ho? Is that a is that becoming a bigger thing? I thought right before all this started to happen, you started to see a lot more action from DeMarco Murray. I mean, they made three or four offers in the Las Vegas area to the Branch brothers, uh, to the Javante Barnes kid. That's I, I believe he is. there's two teammates, and one's 20-22 and one's 23. And I think Barnes is the 23 running back. 
Um, but I, I could be I could be flipping the teammates. It's like I said, we're still learning all these names. But I I did see a lot of action from him. From Jamar Cain, it's been a little bit slower here lately. Now I will say you're starting to see him. I thought a lot of his early offers were out west. You know, we've talked a lot about the Rollins Cabangay yeah. kid from Portland. Uh, we've talked about some California guys they went in on. But I'm seeing him stretch out more. Like, again, he made an offer, um, I believe it was in Alabama a couple of days ago. I mean, like, so you're seeing him starting to, and I don't know if it's something he was going to get around to anyway at Arizona State or that he's starting to realize that wearing the Oklahoma jersey or having that on his Twitter page, he can reach out to guys that maybe he wasn't going to get in with at Arizona State. And so you're starting to see you know, them kind of flex their muscles and go after some guys nationally that maybe he wouldn't have been in on at, you know, in Tempe. And, you know, Eddie, it's interesting. In a former life when uh, you flew out to Orlando for Rivals Camps, when that was still a <laughs> thing, uh, you, you talked to Mario Williams, and uh, it yeah. was like when he talked to you and us, it was so you know pro-OU, and it seemed like, uh, you know, he was a guy that really was interested in OU, and then when he would talk to the SEC guys, he would basically just mention the SEC schools, and uh, I think he kind of came away with that from, you know, with a little bit of a mixed reaction, like, okay, is he just saying what he thinks we want to hear, or is OU really involved here? Uh, and, and you kind of, to yourself, you're like, how could they not be more involved than they seem to be? Uh, and now it's interesting because uh, even rivals national people just wrote an article this week about uh, you know that that OU has really kind of made a lot of lot of uh, strides. Which I think I think when you went and saw him, Eddie, he was just kind of on the verge of starting to like Oklahoma. Yeah, there's no doubt, Kerry. Since we talked to him uh, down at the RCS when that was still going on, when the camp, when we were still holding the camps, that. Uh, you know, he liked Oklahoma, but you never know with those kids. And especially, I don't want to put them to uh, a bad light, but the Florida kids, it seems like, and Josh, we've talked about this before, they kind of tell you what you want to hear, and then you don't really ever know where you're, uh, where where the schools stand with them. Uh, but I do think, and, you know, this is talking from the baseball perspective side of things, Oklahoma has definitely – uh, pushed both sports. And I don't know if there's other schools uh, that just aren't willing to do that or if Oklahoma has a certain inroad with them because they've done it with a Kyler Murray and obviously that paid off for him. They've done it with, uh, you know, Cody Thomas was having a hell of a spring uh, for the Dodgers organization. Uh, and then obviously with what Skip is, is building as far as a program down there, it, it's kind of interesting to see what they're offering. And then obviously with the football side of things, uh, you know, I, I think that any wide receiver, it's kind of the cliche that any wide receiver right now, I'm sure would want to be a part of, of what Oklahoma is doing offensively. And particularly a guy, uh, you know, who we've talked about before in Caleb Williams, who, uh, you know, I, I asked Mario when we talked to him a couple weeks ago, if they have a relationship and, uh, it seemed like, you know, I, I don't think that they're best friends or anything, but they know who each other are. And, uh, you know, how much recruiting is going on behind door, behind closed doors. So uh, it definitely seems like Oklahoma is in a better spot uh, with Mario Williams. And I know, I think it was a Rob Cassidy that uh, wrote the article this week saying that Oklahoma is basically the leader for him. And uh, it, it's, it's kind of interesting guys to look at the national landscape and see that Oklahoma is in a seemingly really good position for all three of the big time national prospects in that 2021 class, as far as Caleb Williams, Mario Williams, and, uh, Bryce Foster. Yeah. For some reason, I, I kept wanting to say Bryce Powers, but that was a kid that went to Putnam City North, and I knew it wasn't him. 
Bryce Foster. Yeah. No, Eddie, I think you hit the nail on the head because, you know, Rob called me, um, you know, for, the, you know, just some context here. He called me last Friday and kind of said, hey, you know, I just got off the phone with some people at Plant City that are telling me if they were going to pick what school he was going to right now, they'd pick Oklahoma because Oklahoma is the one that's very sincere and very serious about him playing baseball as well. And it's kind of laid out, you know, the plan for how that would work. And obviously, you know, Eddie mentioned it with the way the baseball team was trending early in the season there, that had some clout with him. And I think that was a big part of this whole thing. And I really, it sounded like if Oklahoma could just get him to campus, I don't know if they would have been ready to close on him, but it might have been a deal kind of like what you're hearing about Caleb Williams now, where it's kind of, okay, he made that trip, Oklahoma checked a whole bunch of boxes, it's going to be tough to beat Oklahoma now. And I I think that's where things are with Caleb, and and, and maybe once this all passes, maybe they can get there with Mario as well. Well, and we, you know, it was talked about this week, Lincoln Riley put some eyeballs out there, uh, and he prefaced the eyeballs by putting Boomer out there. Uh, it was retweeted by Caleb Williams, and uh, I think we we can openly talk about this because we truly, I don't know, unless Josh knows and he hasn't told us, we truly don't know who the eyeballs are for at this point. Like, there's one set of eyeballs we think we know who they're for, so we really, really you know, we don't want to talk about that. But, uh, like, with Caleb Williams, like, Bob and I were talking about this, just kind of piecing things together, what he's tweeted and retweeted and stuff like that, like, I think there's a chance that those eyeballs were for Caleb Williams, even though he just released a top five, you know, the what, two days after that. Yeah, you know, I, I gave you gave you guys my theory about that is that it's it's sort of weird because obviously the Sooners have to build their twenty twenty one class, but Cake but Caleb Williams is busy building his own brand with that uh first person journal that he's been doing for Sports Illustrated. And I'm not saying Sports Illustrated is telling them not to, but I think once he commits, I'm not sure how much interest there's going to be in that type of deal. So the longer he goes without saying anything, the more exposure he's he's going to get. So it's kind of, I don't know, it's a, it's a weird balance that has to be struck there because OU needs its quarterback. It needs its face of 2021. But I'm sure Williams is having a blast doing this journal and letting people who don't know who he is get a feel of exactly what type of kid he is on and off the field with all this momentum guys how much does just the reality that they can't bring anybody on campus does that hurt Oklahoma trying to build momentum I mean because you look at all these I mean when we talk about Oklahoma being close to all these guys the next logical step would be to get their commitment wouldn't it and I I would think that you would want to try and get those kids back on campus to be able to do that I think it's a little bit of a two-way street because it does make it harder to close on Caleb Williams, on Mario Williams, on Bryce Foster, maybe some of the guys that you're really, that you felt like maybe you were getting close to pushing it over the edge with. But at the same time, you look at a lot of these guys Oklahoma is recruiting, a lot of West Coast guys, a lot of East Coast, Southeast, uh, you know, Atlantic. You kind of run up. They can't go visit their close-by schools, so those schools instantly lose the advantage they have built in. They don't get to say, hey, come over for, you know, come down. Like I talked about all the offers in North Carolina. Mac Brown can't be like, well, hey, come on over to Chapel Hill this weekend, and we'll hang out, and we'll do something. No, they've 
OU is in the exact same situation that all these other schools are, so then it becomes about can you develop relationships? Can you build a bond with these players and make them feel like Oklahoma is their best option, like that's the coach they know the best? So I think if you if you just called it even, I would say it trends better for Oklahoma. Now, at some point, you've got to start reeling guys in, and it's got to happen. But everything, obviously, like I said, this is usually a very busy time for that. It's all slowed down, obviously, for everybody. Other than pretty much Ohio State, everything has kind of calmed down. So I, I think you're going to get a chance to see. And I, in a big way, I think this might be good for Oklahoma with a very important guy like Trevion Henderson, who it seemed like was really starting to roll towards Ohio State. And now that he can't go up there, is a guy that elite going to make a decision sight unseen? I, I don't really believe that. I, I don't think that adds up to me, and that's probably one of the reasons I haven't forecasted him to Ohio State because I'm hearing a lot of stuff. But if he can kind of come down on that, and Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley and DeMarco Murray can kind of, you know, just say, just tap the brakes, just wait a little bit, then maybe things can start to move back in Oklahoma's direction. And that's one thing that when the calendar opens back up, that there's going to be no wasted visits. We're going to know where these recruits stand because they're not going to visit like their top 12. They're going to visit their top three, and you're going to know exactly where OU falls into the pecking order because you won't have time. You won't have this two- to three-month period to kind of see all the schools you, you want. You're just going to go to the ones that you know for sure are in consideration. So you mentioned someone like, Henderson, if OU's really not in the picture, he's not going to take that trip to Norman. Then we're going to know right away. You're, although there's, it feels like a, a big holding pattern. Once we're back live, you're going to know quickly where these guys are going to most likely headed toward. Yeah, isn't that kind of as a coach what you're jockeying for right now? Is like you guys said in, in kind of how we started this, uh, you're jockeying to become that visit that the kid wants to take when things finally clear up and, you know, the world goes back to normal because those opportunities for kids to visit are, aren't going to be what they were before all this happened. Oh, I, I think that's exactly right. I mean, and, I, and like I said, I think it's going to be a rush. I mean, you're going to see kids because they've lived in a world so long when, oh, this is all going to come to me, and they're going to realize pretty fast this because it's, it's the same for schools. You're going to see – like Bob talked about wasted trips. OU's not going to bring that guy in that they're like, ah, eh, we like him, but we don't know if we're going to take him right now. The guys they're going to bring in those first few visit weekends that are available, those are takes. I mean, those are guys they want and they're not going to waste any time on. And, you know, the Trevion Hendersons, the Caleb Williams, the Bryce Fosters, the Mario Williams, I mean, the cream of the crop guys are the good eyes they're going to want to get in first because you just don't know. You want to get those guys on campus because – we don't know where this whole thing goes. Like maybe, you know, like you, you can't just assume, oh, once the world's normal, everything's going to go back and it's going to permanently stay that way. If you got an opening, get those guys on campus because it might shut down again. You just don't know. So I, I think you're going to see a lot of urgency, both from recruits and from coaches. I'm curious, um, with Kendall Daniels, is he becoming the biggest Oklahoma prospect in the last 10 years do you mean until next year <laughs> i mean gentry williams the best prospect in the state and it's not really that close yeah, right now yeah 
Um, but I just mean with the interest and the offers. I mean, it's a little bit different than uh, Josh Proctor, and a little bit, even though they had the big, and a little bit different than uh, um, uh, uh, Dax Hill. You think I mean, Dax Hill? Okay, all right. I just, I just feel like there's more big name. I mean, like when Clemson comes in, you know, it's uh, that just to me says next level. Well, and, and there's two things that Clemson offer that are really interesting. First. Clemson's one of those few, pretty much the only school at this point that doesn't offer 175 guys. Clemson's got like 60 offers out. They don't throw offers out like that. They just don't operate like that because, A, they don't have to, and, B, that's that's part of what they sell is our offers are premium. This isn't a, you know, oh, we, we kind of like you. Like, if, if we offer you, we'd take you. Mm-hmm. And I, the second part of it is the Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons situation. Because he is so comparable in his physical build and the way he plays and that kind of, is he a safety, is he a linebacker, what do you do with him? That conversation is almost identical to what people were talking about with Isaiah Simmons when he was coming out of high school, that it gives him so much credibility. This isn't a, yeah, Clemson, you know, maybe they'll figure something out with him. Like, okay, we, we know what they're thinking. We know what they like. And it makes him just appear more attractive because – I mean, and Bob, you you could back me up on this. You weren't fielding a lot of Kendall Daniels questions a couple of weeks ago, and now because of that Clemson offer, and because people are like, "Oh, well, he's Isaiah Simmons. He must be." Like now, all of a sudden, it's like, "Well, what's going to happen?" Like because he's got his. I, I think he's releasing his top list tomorrow. Sunday. I think is what he said. Sunday. Sunday. Okay. Sunday. Okay. Yeah. So, um, if you're listening to this Saturday, I was actually correct. So we're fine. But uh, but no. Uh, I, I, it's it's definitely given him a lot of juice, Carrie. There's no doubt. Well, it's funny because he had a lot of regional offers. And then it's when someone like Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame came in when I was at the, we were at the OU Mississippi State basketball game at the uh, peak. And all of a sudden when that non-regional power comes in, then you start seeing others. And for him, that dream offer was LSU. And then LSU came, and then you're, like, wondering, well, where do things go from here? And then it was Clemson, and now it's like, you know, OU looked like a clear favorite when they made the offer last spring. And you got to still love the Sooners' chances. You know they'll make that top ten. That's not even a question. But that hometown, that, oh, you got to keep them home, if the kid can go to Clemson or go to his dream school, uh, LSU, if that's legit, if that's not just, like, an offer that doesn't mean anything two months down the road, then it's going to be up to the Sooners to really win this battle again. They had it won. If they really want the kid, they're going to have to win it at least once or twice here in the next couple months. That's interesting. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it just, it, it raises for a lot of people that don't follow him. Yeah. We were out at his, his playoff game last year and really good looking kid. Uh, but even we're, we were watching the in his in his uh, playoff game. You guys were. I was watching back here on video. It was like you know, yeah, I could see why he's a Division One football player. I I didn't really think, boy, uh, oh, he's going to have a tough time holding on to him when everybody comes in here. I think the question too with Daniels and he's been kind of non-committal, which which is fine. Is where is his position? Where does he want to play? And can he accept if schools don't want him to play that spot? If the, if he wants to be a, a, a safety 
and that's not where someone like Clemson or OU LSU sees him. Is he okay with that? And I think that's something that we don't know the answer to at uh, at this point. I think the other thing um, you wonder about. Um, I'm trying to pull stuff up here. I'm sorry. You know, with with everything that's going on with schools and things like that, um, I, I I was curious kind of how that might you know affect some kids uh, and you know specifically um, you know the, the linebacker out of Lubbock that was uh, wanting to reclassify. Like, I wonder if that becomes an issue now. That's something I didn't even think about, Carrie. Just as far as you know, the the transfers carrying over and the things that you're allowed that allow you to even uh graduate early i you know with schools closing and oklahoma uh, school board what was it yesterday announced that schools aren't even going back to the buildings for right, the rest yeah. of the year here so i that that's a really good question kobe mckenzie's the kid we're talking that. about sorry um yeah i mean josh I, I know you've had a really good relationship with the family and things like that and, and bob you have too um, and I'm sure it's, it's kind of, it's kind of one of those things I think we're going to have to check in. Cause I don't know that they really know exactly. Maybe it, maybe well, it yeah. helps if you can do some stuff, you know, offline a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because you get into that conversation of, uh, to me, I think the school part is manageable. I think you can do a lot of that because there's so much that already is online and integrated, especially through summer schools and those kind of things. What's going to be interesting to me is how far along had the conversation gotten between like his cancel, uh, excuse me, his counselors at high school at Lubbock Cooper, and those at Oklahoma, so they could know, okay, these, this is what you're going to have to have. These are the credits you will have to have accumulated. You know, go down that road because I don't think the University of Oklahoma counselors are still sitting there on campus fielding these questions. Yeah, I'm guessing yeah. it's all shut down, so they have to come back and do this. So. Is that possible to be done by June when summer classes would start and Kobe could start playing some of the catch-up and getting in some of the senior credits he'll need to graduate early? So uh, that, to me, is where it gets really unique and kind of interesting because I think it's the planning that's the bigger problem than actually the the work and the day-to-day stuff that Kobe is going to have to do. Yet another one of those things that uh, this stupid, stupid situation has put us in where we really don't know and can't know and won't know until we have some idea of, you know, when this thing is going to not just pass, but, you know, resolve itself. Yeah, and and staying with that, with the linebacker, there's Colin Oliver talking about the top eight that he's going to put out here pretty soon and that was the guy that was so excited about going to norman two weeks ago when the day that ever that everything got shut down for for uh good i mean and that's how quickly things change the sooners can't be in his top eight they just can't he doesn't have the offer he was getting looks but he wasn't at at that point yet and and you sort of wonder does OU ever go back to him or is this one of those cases where you know you just have to move on because that time window you had where you could have taken a real hard e- e- uh, uh, evaluation of them has, has now passed. Uh, anything else just interesting uh, offer-wise that really stood out to you, Josh or Bob? Jordan Mukes. Go, Josh. 
Yeah. I, I mean, you have to start when a new offer happens in state. And I think, you know, th- to me, I think that position, just the secondary in general, has been where the real questions lied. Like, where was where were these players going to come from? And Oklahoma, you know, unlike some years where I would say that and there would be like three offers out, Oklahoma's been very active. I mean, they, they've been making plenty of offers or getting out and seeing kids. But, you know, like you've got offers like the David Daniel kid from Georgia that committed to Georgia very early. You know, the Kahari G kid or Kane Williams from Louisiana that's already cut down to his three of like A&M, or A&M, Bama, and LSU. So, I mean, some of it's just unavoidable. Oklahoma couldn't get in on those guys early enough to really make an impact. But with Jordan Mukes, I, I think the thing you see is a guy that just has a lot of potential. I mean, because this is a guy – Six months ago, nobody was talking about, and I, you know, I include myself in that. I, he was not a guy that I took that seriously. But as you watch his junior tape, I, guys, I haven't seen him in person yet. I mean, that was supposed to happen all this spring. I was going to see him two or three times, but he looks every bit of six foot three. I mean, he is a big, long, lanky guy. I'm told that they kind of see him as a nickel, kind of can be that guy that can come up, play in the box, is big enough to deal with some of the flex tight ends. I mean, there's just a lot of ways they can go with him. And I think this spring the plan was they wanted to watch him run track. They wanted to see him do track, see where his speed was, see how that went. But like we talked about earlier, there's coming a point where you're just going to have to accept that's probably not going to happen. You're not going to get that opportunity. So now you're going to have to figure your way through it. And I think with Oklahoma, they – a, recognize that this is a really talented guy in state, probably don't want to let him get away if you can avoid it. And, again, it wasn't like there were a bunch of options nationally that were better, that were just clamoring for Oklahoma's attention. So I think they had to kind of make some choices there. But, again, I, I like this guy. I think this is a good evaluation. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I think because he grew up such a big Oklahoma fan, and I, I – you know, as soon as that offer went down, I forecasted him to OU. So, I mean, like, I, I think Oklahoma is going to be very, very, very tough to beat in this recruitment. But they had to make sure this is a guy you want because, when, like we talk about all the time, when you make an in-state offer, the chances you're going to get that kid are very, very good. So you have to know that's a guy you're going to want, and that sounds like the decision they've made. I'm getting the uh, Guys, I'm getting the feeling that over the next two, three even probably so on years that we're going to be spending a lot of time in Choctaw America. It seems like that And Josh, you've been talking about it for a while, but it seems like uh, they really have something uh, being put together out there. As far as a program goes, they have two freshmen that I would say at worst are coin flips to get Oklahoma offers. And one of them is a quarterback, a kid named steel Wassel. I don't know that we've talked a lot about him um, on the pod actually. And I don't know that I've mentioned him on the board a lot because again, he was supposed to be at the Dallas Rivals camp, and I was going to see him in person and really kind of get my feel for him. But this is a guy that has a world of potential. And then they have a kind of tight end, DN kid that's already got just an impressive frame. They, Jake Corbin and those guys at Choctaw, they've, they've got some guys coming. I mean, and, and it's not just OU level guys. I mean, they've got some dudes that are going to be Tulsa, North Texas, you know, Kansas State, Kansas. I mean, they. It wouldn't shock me if you looked at it four years from now and there are five or six Division One signees on this Choctaw roster. Uh, by the way, other uh, interesting recruiting nuggets, it appears that uh, Creed Humphrey is uh, getting involved in the uh, Bryce Foster wooing, which I think is good news for Oklahoma. 
it makes a ton of sense because, I mean, where was Creed Humphrey committed before he picked Oklahoma? When he Alabama. Flipped, he flipped from, sir, A&M. Was sir. he committed to A&M? <laughs> yep. Yes. Oh, he, he got the Alabama but offer. I enjoy yep. the Keith Jackson. Uh, the Keith Jackson was here. <laughs> I, I hate to ra- That was a good one, Kerry. I, I don't want to rain on it. Marking this uh, for look. deletion because I don't want to look like an idiot. <laughs> see memory on the rona symptom list that's interesting Mark. it might be worse yeah that was a, um i got confused yeah. i'm old i'm confused where am i <laughs> oh no there is a, unfortunately uh, there is a, there is alzheimer's that runs in my family same I, I i've told tiffany i'm like when i forget something i'm like it's just early onset it's fine we're, we're all gonna be okay here um, but no, um, the, the, for those that missed it, you know, last night, um, wait, 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 wait let me Farrell, reset this after I, okay, so, since okay, I'm erasing sure. this all. So oh, Josh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. interesting news this week about Creed Humphrey, uh, <laughs> wooing, uh, Brett Foster, your yeah. thoughts. Yeah. So, you know, I, I made a lot of it when he came up right before all this started. You know, for the, the first spring practice, he was up there with his dad, and I thought that was a big deal. And Mike Farrell, l- l- beloved by the entirety of the Crimson Corner, uh, tweeted something last night about, you know, kind of getting a feeling Bryce Foster is trending to the Sooners. And he DMs me and is like, hey, you know, Lincoln Riley liked that. And I kind of looked at it, and I was like, he sure did. And so I tweet something out about, um, you know, hey, Sooners, you might want to look at who's on the like list of this tweet. And, you know, everybody sees it, and it kind of blows up. Well, then you watch uh, Bryce Foster ends up liking that. His mom ends up liking it. Um, he tweets out a boomer. And then after that, Creed Humphrey gets involved and basically is like, this is the best place to be, you know, best O-line coach, all the NFL guys, you can come be the next all-pro, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I, I think the reaction from all four of us is like, oh, that's going to get deleted. Well, then this morning, Lincoln Riley retweets it. So you're like, well, they're just doubling down on this. Um, but I, I, again, A&M, if, if, you, if you made me pick, I'd still pick A&M. But it's creeping closer to like 51-49. Like I, I think Oklahoma is very, very real in this recruitment. And I didn't. Two months ago, it felt like, oh, he likes the tradition. He likes that they have a lot of offensive linemen. They'll get an official visit, and he'll sign with A&M. Right now, I don't think it's a lot better than a coin flip. I, I think it's real close, and he has a lot of connection to A&M, but he's made three trips to Oklahoma this spring. I mean, he's been up a lot, yeah. or I, I guess since the season ended. Um, he's been up a lot. There's a lot of familiarity there, and I just – I, I really think Oklahoma is making a very concerted effort. And, I mean, you talk about a guy that fits Bill Bedenboe perfectly, it's it's Bryce Foster. Can you imagine if my son left and your son came in? It would be awesome. Oh, Bryce. <laughs> I, I, but I'm going to roll into it. I mean, yeah. I mean, he and he's going to go. I'm going to tell everybody right now, he's going to be there three years, get your time out of him, and then we're getting him to the league, okay? I. And, Daddy needs a new pair of shoes. And look, so. kids don't always listen to their fathers. Creed didn't listen to me. <laughs> I wanted the money. I'm going to stay. It's a damn girl. Oh, it's all, it always is. Chris Robinson, sup? Oh, my God. Surely they're still not together. 
I don't think so. I mean, he seems to be having success in life again, so I'm guessing he got away finally. Now, did he did he declare after after uh, after oh, uh, after, lane left? So. after lane left? Did he not? Mm-mm, I don't think so. Who took over that? Is that that's not Charlie Strong? He didn't get that job. I think Charlie he? Strong did get that job. What what school? Florida, Florida Atlantic. Florida Atlantic. I think that's right. Or did Charlie Strong get like FIU or something? Google is your friend. You can hear us all typing. (laughs) Willie Taggart got that job. Oh, that's right. He went back to Florida Atlantic. Charlie Strong just got fired from South Florida. Did he? I don't remember if he landed. No, I think. Yeah, you were. That's what it was. He got fired from. The South last Florida. I heard, I thought he was one of the guys that was going to be on saving support staff. Oh, that's right. There was a rumor he's going, going to rehab. He's oh, going to yeah. be uh, <laughs> coaching rehab. rehab. He's uh, he's going to help out Mike. He's going to be Mike's water boy this year. Mike moved up. That did, did we ever talk about the whole Mike in Kentucky thing? No, we never did. That was kind of weird. I, 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 There's a lot of weird, like the Mike mm-hmm. Stoops thing, the Trey Sermon thing. I mean, like... Oh, yeah, we got to get into that. I just... I mean, the, the Trey Sermon thing, it's just... it. I hate to say this because it makes me sound like a fan, but it kind of breaks my heart a little bit. Like, I, I just... He was so well-liked. I just want to know what happened. Yeah. What, like, how what did you let... It's almost like, Lincoln, how did you let this happen? How did it get there to where this this happened? Is, well, we talked the first day of spring at the at the press conference. Lincoln just mentions he's that trades out for spring, which we all knew, but nothing of it. Like he was just one of the random guys that was going to have to miss spring because he was still recovering. And then you see him at pro day a couple days later, and that Wednesday, you don't think anything of it, and it, it just. It's like, wow. I mean, it didn't feel, it felt like it was from the crazies when the rumor came yeah. out there, and then it turned out to be true. Well, and it, look, I went back and just to remind myself of what his season was like last year. And let's face it, Trey Sermon's best year was, you know, his first year when, uh, you know, Rodney Anderson was healthy and he would come in as a change of pace back. And, you know, everybody was a little worn down, and he was big and physical and ran through people. And you're like, man, that's an impressive back. And then when he became the starter, he was just never that guy. Like, I remember what was it, the Iowa State game when he got hurt and Marcellus Sutton had to come in and he'd leap that guy and it looked like he got his knee shredded and then he came back or whatever. Like, there were so many games like that where you're just like, you know, waiting for him to take over and become that guy that, you know, had 200 yards a game. And last year, the most carries he had 11 was 11 in a game. And I think the most carries was 91. And it was just that, because remember, Bob and Eddie, we asked so many questions of Lincoln, like, how do you get him more carries? Uh, and Lincoln really had no answer because you couldn't get him more carries because Jalen Hurts was keeping the football all the time. Yeah, and I think that uh, some of... I don't know about resentment, but I, I think that some of Trey Sermon's problems with Oklahoma started with kind of just the baseline of not getting the ball last year and then slowly getting phased out of the offense, whether it be by uh, Kennedy Brooks getting more carries or They're by just hurt. Uh, Jay Bulware not playing him, yeah. whatever you want to call it. And then the injury happened, and you know, I it, it seems like 
there was definitely some unhappiness on his side. But with the Bowler departure, that's where you kind of thought, Fresh I think start. everything's going to yeah. be okay. And then obviously it wasn't. Everybody I talked to on it was, it, it seemed baffling because it was just a, we don't know why there's carryover from some of this bullware stuff. Like, I mean, like, cause clearly that was a part of it. Like there was some, some sore feelings about how that all played out. And when I would talk to people there, it was just like, we, we don't understand it. And from everything I knew of Trey, when I covered him and every, like Carrie, you talking about it, how well liked he was like, it didn't fit. And that's why you were like, this doesn't make it, you know, like he'll be fine. Now that Murray's there, everything will get straightened out. Yeah. And, but I mean, Guys, I you know, and I can't speak for any of you, but I'm sure you did. I re- I had someone tell me about this rumor, like going back almost to the Peach Bowl, like that this and and not just like oh that he's going to leave, that he's going to go to Ohio State. How does that happen? Yeah, like, I, I I find that whole thing very vexing. oh you mean the like, the, t- the the tampering possibilities there? Yeah, because how did he know Ohio State would take him and there the, like. I, I can't ignore the connection between uh, – because the only connection I can come up with, and, and maybe it's just because it's the most obvious one, is Justin Fields is a Georgia guy. Trey Sermon is a Georgia guy. Trey, uh, Justin Fields has that big quarterback trainer that I know has a lot of admiration for Ryan Day. He's talked about it publicly. Now, and I'm not saying he did this. I'm just saying that's the only line I can draw, and I just find that interesting. Because, I mean, stuff like this – it doesn't happen on the front page. Like it happens through back channel communication like that. And that's the only line I can draw that makes any sense to me. And not to mention, Josh, the first person that commented once that news was out there publicly that Trey Sermon was going to Columbus, none other than Justin Fields. Really? I didn't know that, but that, that did not makes know that. all the sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which, you know, I I, I get it. Uh, obviously, you look at Ohio State's depth chart, and Trey Sermon's going to slide in there. He's going to be probably running back one A, isn't he? Yep. Yep. Yeah. They you know they, they needed someone. How much do you guys feel like there has been an overreaction to what that means, though? Like, I think Trey Sermon's a good player, but the idea that Trey yeah. Sermon is going to be the difference in a national title for Ohio no, State, I can't get yeah, there. He's not. I mean, but he's a good running back. I mean, he's. I think the thing, you know, with Trey Sermon, he was much better when he had. I don't know how good Ohio State's offensive line is going to be next year. How much they've lost from this year? Because I mean, they must. They were pretty damn good. I don't know how they many. They were of those. very good. I know they lost the kid that transferred in from Rutgers. The the guy that OU recruited really, uh, Jonah. Jonah Jackson, something like that. Um, but what I'm saying, my point is, the way that he is at times, I've been critical of him being too patient as a runner, trying to Le'Veon Bell it up a little bit. Like he needs a good offensive line. It, the way that he runs, he is not a guy that you know just finds a crease like an Adrian Peterson and just squirts through it. Here's he the, the, he was a little more shifty, though, wasn't he, Bob? Yeah. At, at the beginning, remember he what lost was the big weight. Thing that we I mean, about? yeah, he's, at the he, beginning of the year, he had reinvented his body. He had, he looked so much better than he had in his entire career going into last year, and that's why his disappearance was so strange. And it wasn't based on production because you look at his numbers; they were just fine. But now without him, you need everyone to stay healthy because we all sort of agree or assume 
Ramondre Stevenson is out for those first five games. So you need TJ Pledger, Marcus Major, Seth McGowan to all be healthy to go along with Brooks because that's all you got now. I mean, we were looking December 2019 at Trey Sermon coming back, at Jace McClellan being a part of the class and having seven incredible running backs. Now you're down to five and kind of down to four for half for half the season for a team that's lost at least two running backs to season-ending injuries the last two years. So depth could become an issue really quickly if anyone goes down during that first month. Yeah, and I mean, it's I, I hate to say it, but it pins a lot of hopes on Seth McGowan to, to be productive early. Which and is, or Marcus Major, and right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and my, yep. yeah, that's a guy, you know, so I was talking to somebody yesterday about some of this, um, and it wasn't a secret to me because I, I think we'd talked about it before as a staff. I'd been told that, you know, they just loved Marcus Major, like what he was doing in practice, and because Trey Sermon and Kennedy Brooks don't practice a lot. So, uh, and, and um, you know, TJ Pledger had that hand thing. So for a while... Before Marcus Major had that shoulder surgery, one of the reasons he had to have the surgery because he was carrying the load in practice. And, you know, I even saw, I don't, I don't want to give anything away or get anybody in trouble, but I saw some practice clips. And, I mean, of him just just running right through the defense. I mean, he there is he's definitely the forgotten guy in this whole thing. I, I think he could be a big-time contributor for OU next year if there's a and- season. That's why when you look at the spring being canceled and them not being able to go through a spring football practice uh, or a spring football game, I guess it's probably the practice is obviously more important than the game. But I would think a guy like Marcus Major, that really hurts. Just the the sheer amount of reps that you get during the spring, uh, getting him acclimated and getting him back, kind of getting his feet back underneath him, even though it was a shoulder injury. I would think that those are like him – uh, there's a lot of those young guys. Woody Washington's another one that comes to mind that, you know, they're going to be depended on next year for this Oklahoma team and not having a spring, losing that opportunity to be out on the field really has to hurt those guys. And particularly if you have a situation with uh, Ramondre Stevenson that, you know, he's suspended for the first five games next year, along with the rest of the Peach Bowl crew. Yeah. And that was something I told you guys last night. And, uh, uh, I'll need to put this on the board uh, before I put the pot up. Uh, but yeah, I I am kind of hearing that the hope is fading on any chance of an appeal, uh, and it's now almost expected that Bridges and Stevenson and and Ronnie Perkins are all going to miss five games next year. Yeah, well, and I would think like they were. I guess my feeling on that was either one of two things. It was either. Riley's kind of BS in this and they really just don't have a chance. He just doesn't want to put it out there officially because he's kind of weird like that. Or the other side of it is they were hoping for some kind of sweeping NCAA legislation, kind of like the NFL did, where you know, basically have lax rules on uh, the use of marijuana, which maybe it was headed in that direction. But now that we're in the climate that we are, uh, that's probably put on the back burner for the NCAA. They have bigger fish to Fry. By the way, uh, you know, Bob, uh, you know, I think Bob, I'm gonna, I'm planning here. I think Bob wants to do a story on uh, 
uh, kind of who's been hurt by most by the spring, you know, not having it or pro- probably not having it. Uh, and that's a, you know, that's an interesting angle. I would say someone else that really hurts is Stacy Wilkins not having a spring. Because oh, they no, need yeah. to develop uh, yep. a left tackle that's not Eric Swenson. I would say just that whole left tackle situation is hurt. Yeah. Because the, the, they needed – because whether it was him or getting Eric Swenson, you know, back kind of back in their work. He and wasn't healthy. healthy. Yeah, yeah. That's another yeah. thing. Or, or what like, Riley was talking about before, just because you saw him play one position last year didn't mean they were playing in it this year. We sure. all kind of wondered, did that mean someone was moving out to tackle? It makes me wonder about Marquise Hayes. That that's come up in my mind a few times because he's like he's not your prototypical left tackle, but neither was Cody Ford, right, neither yeah. was Orlando Brown, and look how well they worked out. Or could you move Adrian to left and and put Marquise Hayes at right? Sure, sure. I mean, they're, they're, they've got some options, but I think there's no question that I I mean I think we all pretty much agree that that Eric Swenson's probably not the right answer, but we'll see. I mean, like I said, the injury is worth, you know, noting, but I, I think if Oklahoma's going to be a playoff contender, that kind of thing, I think they're going to need something better than that at left tackle. And I think if you worry about, you know, not being in the program right now, like you worry about some of those offensive linemen and defensive linemen being in shape too. I mean, like yep. Bray Walker was a guy that you saw was getting some special attention uh, from uh, Benny Wiley through his Instagram, and you kind of heard some things that he he wasn't in the greatest of shape uh, throughout the off season. How does he you know how does he stay in shape? Uh, you know how do some of those other young guys that are in the program? We've heard about Marcus Alexander potentially being a guy that could really step up, and and maybe that's you know maybe Marcus Alexander's a guy that can move Marquise Hayes out there uh, if they feel that good about him. But and then you know Jordan Kelly, you know on the defensive line they. He, the little spring access we had, uh, we did get to talk to Alex Grinch, and he was, you know, I know Bob, he you wrote about down. this. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you were trying to do the Jordan Kelly could be a hero for this defense, and he was like, well, no. <laughs> he was like, well, did you see him make any plays last year? I didn't see him make any plays last year. So, I mean, all those guys, and, and I think Ronnie Perkins will be good for when he comes back, but, uh, you know, uh, Ron uh, Stokes, I mean, that's a guy you gotta you gotta hope stay. And I think being a JUCO guy, he'll stay, you know, committed and, and mature and and work out. But you know, Jalen Redmond, I mean, look at him and his body; it's gone up and down since he's been here. Laurent Stokes is one of those guys that is probably just gonna be pissed off all summer because the last time that his name was in the news was Alex Grinch basically throwing him under the bus <laughs> to have a better spring. He did. He, Jordan Kelly and Laurent <laughs> yeah. Stokes are the two guys that he just hammered leave a bad taste in their mouth going into the summer. I guys, it's going to be interesting just to see how this whole, I guess in a way the spring is coordinated because honestly, I don't know. I I don't know the answer to this is, or I would assume that every, nobody's coming back to Norman right now. Everybody's at home. How long are they staying there? Can OU get a summer together? If they, if they can't, yeah. Are these guys just working out by themselves? Spencer Rattler get with, you know, Theo Wees, yeah, and do seven on seven, and and uh, Charleston Rambo. Or, you I know. think you mean five on five, Kerry. Yeah, can't have ten. Fourteen's far too many. Fourteen's far <laughs> oh. too many, Kerry. Well, no, I mean when this the, the quarantine thing is lifted, you know. <laughs> yeah. the, uh. All these kids are going to be 
graduated by then. I'm, we're looking at three or four years like this. Oh, God. Eddie, Eddie. <laughs> Stop it. Eddie, can you answer this question for me? I've, I've been told this. I, I have a hard time believing it. Are there underground speakeasies that are forming in Oklahoma City? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, that sounds like some the kind of news that would only go to the uh, the uh, the cultured and privileged, uh, maybe living in Nichols Hills. I that word has not gotten to me in uh, downtown Oklahoma City. I'm over here in Scrubtown. I mean, that vaguely we, felt like shots fired. Are we really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that sounds like a guy that can't get into the underground speakeasies. To be I know, I I could get into them if I was invited. I just haven't been invited. I I I am unaware. Hey, if they now, were out there, couple, uh, there are a couple dispensaries that we could tell you about that are <laughs> offering. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> hey, have... Kevin Stitt would know about them if they were out there. Eddie, do you have a medical <laughs> marijuana card now? This connection Silence. is getting really bad, guys. Silence! Listen to that! <laughs> you know I can't Kevin really do St- anything Kevin to Stitt you. Kevin performed this week like Landry Jones in the fourth quarter of a big game. <laughs> or an XFL first quarter? <laughs> yes, somewhat. Uh, by the way, uh, Landry Jones did not get picked up by an NFL team. P.J. Walker did. Uh, the, uh, the Ole Miss quarterback at St. Louis got picked up. I mean, I, that kind of makes sense, though. You would be hard. It would be hard for an NFL team to pick him up, not really knowing what his, I guess, status is. I mean, is his knee in? Shit, a they way can't do anything right now. Back? Anyway, what does it matter if he's got a, you know, a bum leg right now? I don't know. I mean, I mean, is that is he going to goes on their health insurance? Is he is <laughs> is that Belichick's plan? Like the reason he's not panicking, signing anybody, like. He's not going after Cam Newton. He wants Landry Jones. Yeah, if Cam Newton isn't signed to a team yet, I, I think Landry's going to have to wait his turn. Well, it is interesting that Matt Rule is the one that took the P.J. Walker kid. Yeah, no the doubt. Temple, Temple connection yeah. for sure. I mean, I, I don't know how much you watched him, Josh, but I liked him. I, You know, that was one of the things that really – Tiffany allow, Tiffany and the girls allow for me so much during the football season. The spring, they're like, right. uh-uh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, like, I know you, it. You, you can't You don't have get to that. there and watch XFL, sir. We'll, we'll be doing family things. Balls are still so. in the purse Oh, ex- at, this, uh, at this juncture. I, I, I have no... Please. I don't I don't think anybody in this podcast would be like, listen here, Carrie, that's some bullshit. I'm look, a man's man. Look, we they know the deal. We don't even attempt to contact Josh on Sundays anymore because... By putting together your wife's Facebook uh, montages mm-hmm. and Sundays, we just know that Sunday your balls have been taken away, and it is family day of fun. It, it is. It, it is always. It's one day of the weekend. Is for sure. We're gonna go do something. The w- thing I'll and it's not really like planned. It just kind of goes that way. But what I will say is, if it's like a big visit weekend, I'm like Sunday. I need like an hour and a half. Yeah. Give me like an hour, hour and a half. Take care of your business there. Yeah. But with that exception, I'm like, all right, honey, you just tell me where I got it. We're going to the zoo. Okay. I was, I was really (laughs) wanting to see some tigers. I'm in for it. Let's do it. Speaking of tigers, we've all watched. No, I haven't. I I, I still, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. Come on. Tiffany and I watched the the first one last night. (laughs) I promise you. No, you're not talking about it. I mean, I can 
I can walk away. I got things I could be doing if you guys want to have a Joe Exotic. <laughs> Damn. I uh, I we watched the first episode. Kitty. Maybe I we told, can come together and uh, just do a straight Tiger uh, Joe Exotic uh, Tiger King thirty minute breakdown at some point because it might be worth it. Your Carrie, your mind is you're gonna love this shit. It's awesome. yes, all seven parts, totally worth it. There's seven. Oh God. Okay. Seven uh, like 40, pro- 45 minute episodes. Yeah, forty five. See, it's, it's not our problem bad. is Tiffany goes to bed about the same time the girls do. So by yeah. the time everybody's down and like she's wanting to watch it, so finally last night we had a chance to sit down and watch the first one, and like we both listened to the podcast that I've talked about before that they did that was and even mm-hmm. like just like seeing some of it, you're like, oh my god! Like I mean, like it that's, even would be things you knew listening to type thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Like you're just like, oh wow! Like the the <laughs> my Carrie doesn't give too much away, but the the TV producer guy that they start with. I'm uh, like, Rick oh Kirkman. my god, that's yeah. I'm like, that's you. Like, I, I, <laughs> that's not what I had him. I had like very straight laced TV guy. I'm like, you've seen some shit, man. So he, he, um, he was not like, who I was ready for. Supposedly, he's very accomplished in the television news world. The Kirkman guy. Well, wasn't that wasn't that hardball guy that called him in on one thing? Wasn't that Chris Matthews yeah. or something? I yes. thought it was like I was like, is that Christmas? Like I, I the whole I was not prepared to see that face in that in that show. I was like, that's Chris Matthews. I'm pretty certain. So anyway, it is it is, uh, it is unbelievable, and I, I we have to we're gonna have to talk about it at some point. So you have to watch it this week so we can talk about it next week. Okay, and I'll 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 I'll, I'll do that. I, I will make sure. I mean, God, what the fuck do I have to do this weekend? So. Uh, <laughs> In the listeners, yeah, you watch it too. Otherwise, you're gonna have to like pause the the show or skip it over or something. I couldn't believe how good of a singer he was. He wasn't that bad. I don't think he was singing on that one song that I've heard. He was just singing background vocals. No, he's he's uh, he's Millie Vanilling it. Oh no! Well, he well he is in that video, but I don't know if that's not like his actual like it may be him singing, but there's no doubt in the video he is he is doing um oh what what's the word I'm looking for uh, he's mouthing it like he it's it's lip not syncing. him singing he's lip syncing lip syncing there we go there we go couldn't get there um but no I I don't know though like I think he actually i, I want to say i've heard some of his stuff and it's not like i'm not saying those songs are good but like you're like right you can sing. <laughs> it's like, that's not a bad country voice yeah but then the music video takes it over the top no i mean i know the, i know the whole story i mean i know the murder for hire and there's another woman that he hated and and oh, they're, it, they're they're sociopathic drug addicts that own exotic animals. That's all that that is part of it. But when you meet Jeff Lowe, you're gonna know scum of the earth. Hmm. I I mean I watched McMillions and that was I couldn't handle those people. They were just uh, so low rent life. I mean just these just people are low rent, but they're also shit. kind of cartoon characters enough. Yeah, funny, I mean that's the thing. The people on McMillions. They were just mean assholes who were who were just stealing from people. I mean, just abhorrent behavior, terrible people, like nothing likable or humorous about them at all. 
They were just a bunch of wannabe mobsters and yes. low-level mobsters. These, these people no. aren't trying to be mobsters as much as they're just white, trash, meth-riddled, <laughs> animal-loving, possibly murderous. It's, it's, there's so much to unpack. I, I no, murderous, but in an entertaining way. Yeah, Am I like, the only one that's been there? Yeah, I haven't uh, been there. Yeah, I think so. I know All I know. Right. Uh, Percy had been down there, but out of us, I, I never went down there. <laughs> we had a Groupon, so we, we took advantage of Joe it. Exotic then it seemed that weird. Was, <laughs> was advertising through Groupon. That's great. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I mean, I think we all knew about him because of, you know, he was a favorite oh, of the yeah. Lost Ogle, and they always, you know, wrote about him, and he was just always in the news somehow, so. Well, that's that's the moment for me when you realize how, like, some, like, we all become part of, like, our regional news world. Like, we're like, the rest of the world didn't know anything about Joe Exotic? Like, I mean, like, he's almost, like, household name <laughs> yes. for me. And, yeah, like, people are like, don't what's, realize, like, what's wrong with people in Oklahoma? It's like, what? It's Joe Exotic. Like, it's just who hey, Joe Exotic is. I, I think it is fair to say that Southeast Oklahoma is almost like its own world. Oh, it like, is. It, it, it's well, a very different animal. Obama went to, like, the casino or went to some schools down there and, like, it just turned into this like Smokey and the Bandit type movie where people in four wheel drives showed up with uh, the the uh, Civil War flags and Confederate flags. Confederate yep. flags and they're, I mean, it's just it's a bizarre part of the earth. Yep. Yep. Oh my! I had a family member that was like, "I live in Oklahoma," and they had like a picture of oh, downtown I, I know Oklahoma what you're talking City, about, yeah. not Oklahoma. And it's like Joe Exotic <laughs> with a tiger. Yes, exactly. So that's awesome. Um, gosh, outside of that, uh, just you know, obviously we feel terrible for you know baseball, spring sports, gymnastics. Yeah. Uh, you know that that we didn't get to see the end of a. I mean, Bob wasted all this time covering OU basketball, <laughs> only to see it come to a tragic end. I mean, other well, other than like you know your plane crash ending or something like that. But I mean, that's that's terrible. It's just awful. Yeah, it's a little weird, only because for OU, at least, you know, only Doolittle is, he's, he's the only senior, so, but it was good to talk with him last week, and it just seemed like he came to grips with it a lot faster than a lot of other people. If you remember when they announced that the tournament was canceled, it was almost like 10 minutes later, he had his whole Twitter post up, like, it almost, as he expected it, as the news started to trickle down, that this was his reality, and he would just gonna have to accept it and it does sound like those uh winter athletes aren't going to be given a second chance which which makes sense in a lot of ways right because their season is basically 90 percent over but sucks because it was only the only thing left for the wrestlers for the gymnasts for basketball players was the championship it was everything that they had worked for and, and you know it just, just sounds like that there's no way that they're going to get that moment back and you look at Doolittle, I don't know, is he a fringe draft pick? Maybe, you know, he, I mean, he did everything he possibly could to put himself in, in that position, and we'll just sort of see if he can sneak into the second round, because that's sort of where I see his 
ceiling at yeah. when it comes to playing at the next level. What was it you saw? I, you saw there was one uh, mock that had him like the 55th player overall or something like that? Yeah, I think it was the Athletics uh, mock draft that had him sliding into the second round, which, you know, I... I, I thought I found that a little surprising, but if he could slide into the second round of the NBA draft uh, and get and get drafted by a team, that'd be awesome for him. I, I think say worst case scenario, and I again I never weigh in on basketball, but you'd think this he's the kind of guy that could go and have a really long and good career in Europe if he wanted to. Absolutely, there's no doubt about that, Josh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and outside of that, I mean, just just the spring game. Joe Castiglione has already you know at least said. It's not going to be April 18th, and, and they haven't canceled. And I think that's because, I, you know, I think these coaches know just how much this means to their recruiting calendar, that if they can some way, somehow save it, they want to do that. I, like I said to start the show, I, I don't even want to go there, but you almost, you're almost now questioning, you're not really... But there's a piece of you that's like, I wonder if the regular season's in jeopardy. I mean, I, I'm mentally preparing myself. I, and that, I that's what I you said. Yeah. I'm doing that more for my my own welfare because I know when it happens, devastating is not even going to be. That's going to be putting it lightly. Eddie, what the hell would you do if you weren't working in sports? Oh, I have no idea. I'd <laughs> probably just. I don't know. I'd probably. Maybe run for uh, governor or do something in politics here in Oklahoma. Well, you do like the massage parlor. <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to put that out today that uh, I, I've investigated massage parlors in Oklahoma. That, I was going to say, we know about Tom <laughs> Herman. Yep. I think we're going to redistribute that one uh, today. Didn't you investigate prostitution in Norman in college, too? <laughs> yeah, I have done that. My my roommate dressed up as a uh, stripper. It was actually pretty good. About a nine minute video. Well, you could reach out to your buddy LJ. Yeah, I'm still running. From, I'm running from him and Jeff Lowe right now. <laughs> if I go missing, one of those two have killed me. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, or the deep state. Well, maybe Kevin Stitt too. Again, there's people that have had bad weeks. Him and uh, Jim Emhoff have not. They they haven't been great. Non-political. That's not political. By the way, I did hear a really good idea. Like, you, were, we were talking about uh, haircut appointments. Like, if you are close with your person who cuts your hair, like, you should you should Venmo them, like, every four weeks or something. Like, what what they would get paid. I'm, I don't have a... I, I go to... Uh, I usually just holler at a knockout, so I don't really have, like, a... <laughs> you don't have a person? Well, no, he doesn't. I mean, you can't. He never gets his hair cut. You and Tyler Palmateer, although Ty, Tyler dates a beautician or a makeup lady or something. Yeah. But she lives in I, Nashville. That's why he never gets his hair cut. Well, yeah. I mean, she has a cool ass job. My, my, my mullet's coming in, though. I'm going to tell you right now. Next time you see me, it's probably going to be shaped up. I mean, we can get out. I've got the clippers here. We could flow be up. You don't even know what a Floby is. I uh, actually talked about that this morning and had to look it up. So, yeah, I do. <laughs> That's funny that you say that. Huh. Interesting. Um, so, anyway, yeah. I don't. I, is there anything else on you guys' mind that you want to throw out no, there? Or? The, I, the, the crazy thing is, is with kind of the climate of everything wherever where we're at right now is 
I don't think anybody knows anything about when we can get back to sports. It's like <laughs> we're all on the same team in a way for the first time in a long, long time. Yeah. It's a bizarro world. I mean, it really, it really is. is. And I don't even think that the coaches really know. Uh, you put a, you know, you ask Lincoln Riley what the plan is. I don't think he could tell you right now. Yeah, and I don't think we'll have any conference calls because there's, there's like, there's just so much unknown. There'd be no point to be talking to Joe C or Lincoln again. There's, there's, you just have to wait for something to go down, to then you can actually start making your next move. And we are not even close to being at that point. Yeah, I mean, we're still look. We're still where cases go up every day. I mean, that, and we're going to be there for a little while. Yeah, so. cases. I mean, you in New York yesterday. I mean, you you heard Stitt say yesterday, even though the case the confirmed in the low hundreds, they believe it's at least five hundred to a to a thousand as the more testing is getting done. Yeah, We're I mean, it, close to being the, done but, here. Like I said, my my whole thing on this is get the freaking testing done. Get get it. To where we can test people, uh, get the drive-through stuff going, uh, because this stuff is not fun. It's not good. I mean, people need to know. I mean, it's stressful. Like it's been stressful for me, not knowing if I had it or you know it was just a flu. Like it, it, it's been over fourteen days now since it started. I guess for me, and it's it like it was just awful. It, yeah, it was just awful. I mean, not not having me being sick, but not knowing if you could make other people sick. That's the worst part about it. So, I mean, I, until we start or are able to test and figure out exactly how many people have this, how much it's spread, and then then we got to get to a, case, a point where cases are not you know doubling every day, or deaths are not doubling. Like it's just we're not there yet, so we don't know. And I'm not trying to be a you know, COVID-19 expert. I just, I think like, like everybody, I'm consumed by it. I, I ingest everything. Maybe that's how you caught it. Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was pretty funny. All right. Um, I think we're done for this week. We'll be back again next week. Sounds I'm good. sure there will be, you know, more offers out. Things for us to continue to discuss without football. I think Eddie and I have both learned, and I knew this going into this week, like radio is going to be fun because there's no sports and you, you're, not, you're not having to stay up and watch games that you really wouldn't be staying up and watching otherwise. So, like, I just, I think, I, I don't know about you, Eddie, but I just go in and screw around every morning. So Instead of giving lame-ass sports take every morning, I feel like, my personality's coming out in a way. I don't know. I, I guess that's kind of a weird thing to say. No, but, that's good. Uh, I feel like you've it, always it, held it, it away from people. Fun. <laughs> it's definitely been fun. So, yeah, I mean, so next week we'll have a pod. We'll come up with stuff to talk about. Um, you know. Tiger King. The, I, I'm just ti- saying. We'll have Tiger King definitely. because I will There will definitely it. be some Tiger King review. But I, I'm going to say the this may be the greatest thing to ever happen to Big Crimson TX. Because really, all we have to talk is recruiting right now. Like these podcasts should How be like he can skip you, all sir. the crap he doesn't want, but recruiting he he's got it. How dare you say that about people that pay nine ninety nine a month, Josh? Uh, By the way, uh, we'll keep coming up with stuff on the website, so don't cancel unless you want us all to be out of jobs and you know. 
Don't pay your Venmo barber before you pay us. That's that's my. If you cancel, I want you to think about the three children that you're going to starve. Just think about that. Mm-hmm. And Linda. Linda, Linda didn't come this week. We, Linda has not been. You here. let her go. Has she got the COVID. You already let her go. No, we're paying her half. Like we feel bad. We don't. Oh my like, God, Seventy so. Sixers. So we're we're we're, we're public her pressure. Half. I want to, I want the cancel culture to mobilize right now, <laughs> and contact Josh on Twitter and end this atrocity. Linda must be paid. You need to contact a congressman and get ice down there, (laughs) and let's go ahead and build the wall. Uh, Okay, so that's it. That's a great way to end the podcast. (laughs) Uh, Actually, real quick, Josh, any streaming recommendations for people out there lost in the wilderness besides uh, Tiger King? Tiger King? Yeah. Uh, Are you Ozark Man? Are you... I yeah, would Disney, say the you one, Mandalorian. I mean, what's, what's... Uh, man, I think a lot of the stuff that everybody know, like Mandalorian's obviously good if you're into Star Wars, that kind of stuff. We, you know, what we should do? We should have Eddie watch the Mandalorian Ooh, and yeah. just like be like, like, yeah, that's not. He's really going to be Star like, Wars. what the hell is this? I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> I, I thought about getting Disney Plus just to watch it. No, I actually, Mandalorian's good. I actually tried to get the bundle where you get ESPN Plus, Disney Plus, and Hulu all together, but because mm-hmm. I already get Hulu free with my Spotify subscription, it wouldn't uh, let me do it. Oh, that's a shame. Now, we we got Disney Plus for free with for being Verizon uh, customers, but... Um, Shit, but we're we Verizon. For- Sooner Scoop is Verizon customer. We're business, though. That sucks. Yeah, I don't know. How I could that's probably get work. that shut off right now. We don't really need Wi-Fi. Or... Sooner Scoop needs to. We don't be able really to watch need the live you know, video. The beast. Yeah, we don't really need live video capabilities right now. I should probably <laughs> shut some shit off. Uh, but no, um, I the one that I always go back to. I mean, again, this it's not for the faint of heart. It's not one to watch with your children. But the Shield with uh, Michael Chiklis. Yeah, that is you've a been getting some kick-ass cop drama for people that want. By the to way, watch. you know a, a great if you've never seen it. A great series. You just remind me, it was out the same time as The Shield, is Rescue Me. Did you ever watch that? I never did. And I, I'm not the world's biggest Dennis Leary fan, Like, so I think that's part of it for me. I'm like, eh, he's, he's If he's you so like much. lovable, deplorable human beings, that is a series for you. Well, I mean, if we're going to that road, if you haven't watched It's Always Sunny by this point in your life, you need to go back and start. Yeah, I thought about doing that. Yeah, and I, Parks and Rec. I kind of want to go back through that because I haven't seen every and a little bit of uh, Thirty Rock. Oh, I love Thirty Rock. Yeah. Thirty Rock's fantastic. Um, the I I do I does anybody here watch Ozark? I've ne- like everybody tells me it. like oh you'd like it, but I, I haven't ever got the motivation to start it. But Jason Bateman, I'm like mm, I do like Jason Bateman, so I don't know. Or The Wire would be a good one. Oh, The Wires. That's one of those ones that I assume everyone has watched. Because I'm like, if you haven't by now, I don't know what rock you've been living under. The Wires. The Wire is like something, as soon as you get done listening to this podcast, start watching it. That's kind of like telling someone to watch Entourage. Yeah. Yeah. But I... I I probably will start Entourage watching at some point here before too long because it just I have it, all the wire and all the Entourage on DVD. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I had I had It's Always Sunny and then I got rid of all my DVDs and Blu-rays about oh two months ago. So um, 
But I mean, you everything I could really watch, you have access to because I've got Hulu, Netflix, all the streaming stuff. So the one thing I'm most proud about about Josh when I went to his house is he has the Mac Daddy of Mac Daddy DVD Blu-ray players. Like it's so nice that like the companies realize we don't need to make shit this nice anymore. We just need to make cheap shit because it's all, you know. 1280 or whatever oh if this was the zombie apocalypse i could knock a zombie out with it and then watch my my shield on it there's no question you know i appreciate the electronics so Mm -hmm. i know you do all right um eddie any streaming recommendations probably not because (laughs) i think joe i think i think tiger king is the only thing you've ever watched actually I did watch. I've watched two movies so far. I watched Bombshell, and I watched mm. uh, Uncut Gems. How'd you like both, Uncut Gems? Good. I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. I need to watch that. Not I bad. feel like we should pick a movie for, for Eddie. To go on the rental side rather than the buy side. You think Eddie would like Days of Thunder? He hates America if he doesn't. Yeah. Days um, of Thunder. Yeah. I think. I feel like I've seen that. I don't know if I've seen Tom, all of it. Tom Cruise in a race car? Yes. It's Top Gun for I know, NASCAR. You, you just it, sort it, of know. <laughs> oh, it's oh, amazing. I did watch that stupid-ass iRacing last weekend, and I kind of enjoyed it. I ha- I turned it on, and I halfway thought that it was real racing. Like, Yeah, that, it looks really good. The way that they're able to do that is fascinating. Okay, just now... Bob, I don't want to leave you out. Any Nobody's streaming recommendations? I, I bet Bob has some good ones. No, nah, you know I'm that I'm that person that watches a lot of old sports games. I I've been watching all, all those March Madness rewind type. They had Kansas Memphis 2008 championship. They had the 2016 Cubs were on the other day. I'm the guy. Every day I'm looking to see if there was an old game that I that I would like to watch again. I watched you know, Texas funny. last you know, night. Funny, Bob, that count? I I you stopped talking. I think cannot for the life of me just sit down and watch just an old game though that I know the results to. Same. Same. I I I I Oh, we got some stuff going on. I did watch the George Brett Pintar game because it was on Major League Network the other day. All right, well, we really do need to end it. It sounds like our Skype is uh losing losing traction. So, uh appreciate okay. everybody joining us. Uh thanks guys. Appreciate the the time, and we'll do it again next week. We'll be back on schedule, even though now that we figured out how to do this with with us all uh, uh, self-quarantined. So uh, thanks for listening. Uh, Check out the website. We'll continue to keep it fresh and updated for you guys. Bob's doing a great job. Josh doing a great job. Eddie doing a great job. Uh, So uh, thanks for listening. Also, go check out uh, midfirst.com slash U40. Uh, If you need a little extra cash right now, which some do, maybe... uh, uh, apply for the uh, mid-first uh, credit card. They got 0% APR for the first 12 months uh, it, once you've been approved. So thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week right here on the Unofficial 40 on Sooner Scoop Podcast.